It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that cabbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 913 of Locked On Raptors, a bonus episode of Locked On Raptors here on Saturday, March the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams, as well as all of your other favorite teams in all the big four sports and the NCAA. Please go find a show you like, subscribe, rate, review, support. It's always appreciated. Okay, on today's show, just uh, just me off the top before we get into a conversation with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers, kind of breaking down the Norm Powell for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood trade from both sides. That's a lot of fun. But first, we should dive in to the Raptors' 104-100 loss to the Phoenix Suns on Friday night. And look, you know, this was a... Difficult loss to stomach considering how well the Raptors played for large stretches of this game. The fact that they kind of lost it in the Aaron Baines minutes. <laughs> you know, he was a minus five in this one. The bench was, you know, kind of a minus on the whole. You know, Chris Boucher wasn't awesome, but Baines was particularly dreadful in his minutes. And they lost by that very narrow margin. And it's a bummer. The lack of a senator in this game really coming to bear with the offensive boards that the Suns were so uh, eagerly grabbing down. Nine offensive boards in this one, including one at the very end of the game after a brilliant defensive possession by OG Ananobi on Devin Booker and couldn't secure the defensive rebound, could the Raptors, and they end up losing the game running out of time. Real bummer stuff with that, but that does lead me to my big takeaway from this game, and it is that OG Ananobi is the main thing to watch on the Raptors to close out this season. Like, there's lots of stuff to watch. There's Gary Trent getting acclimated. There's Pascal Siakam, who's playing out of his mind the last couple games and looks fantastic. Obviously, Fred's wonderful. Kyle Lowry's still on the team, taking charges and doing Kyle Lowry things. That's beautiful, but of all the things to be keyed up for to close the season, watching OG Ananobi is clearly number one. He looks awesome the last four games since coming back I guess last five games now whatever it's been he looks incredible the defense has been as world consuming as ever and last night against the Suns the fourth quarter was just kind of the OG show you know his offense was not like his greatest offensive game or anything like that he had 15 points which is just kind of the standard now which is great and you know the 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 shooting was fine I think he was like two of six from three not his best night not his worst night or anything like that but the defense was just otherworldly man I, I i can't fathom how good this dude is <laughs> he guards 
everybody. He guarded Chris Paul full court, you know, taking him up and getting the ball out of his hands. He guarded DeAndre Ayton, switched on to him because the Raptors have no other bigs to do it. Um, by the way, I thought Siakam and OG did a pretty admirable job. Ayton had a really nice game, and he's quite good, and he was kind of a monster on the glass, but... Uh, I thought overall the Siakam and uh, and OG held their weight a little bit admirably at least it was fine Aaron Baines not so much but you know he guarded Aiden did OG he also guarded Devin Booker on that final possession and he guards everybody it's the thing he's just he's everywhere and I know that there are some clear like defensive player of the year candidates who are very deserving Rudy Gobert is a defense unto himself that's impressive, you know, congrats to him and all of that and all the defense and screen assists that Rudy Gobert compiles. Wonderful stuff. Ben Simmons is maybe going to win DPOY. He's amazing too, kind of in the same vein as OG, but it's really hard to think of other guys in the league who are as good as OG at defense and as versatile and as all-consuming and just uh, terrorizing <laughs> to an opposing offense. It was beautiful to watch last night, and you couple that with the increased usage that he's sure to get from Norm Powell leaving. We saw him amp up the usage last night a little bit. Uh, He's getting more comfortable and bold when taking the ball to the rim. He's finding those little soft pockets to find big-to-big passes when he gets in close. He's just looking super comfortable out there, and the offense, in conjunction with the defense that we already know is amazing but maybe seems to be kind of leveling up here, there's no more exciting player to watch the next 27 games for and to see how things transpire and how the development continues to progress. Just an absolute joy. And I I think, you know, the Raptors small ball lineup, they started with it last night after maybe hinting towards not doing it. Uh, OG makes that lineup tick. He's the guy who can play center. He's the guy who can, you know, gang rebound with the best of them and and help make up that end where obviously they, they lack because of the lack of size. But I really think like once Gary Trent gets acclimated and once uh, they kind of get back into full rhythm and health, like that lineup in particular is going to be a terror defensively. And again, OG is where, no, no, OG and Pascal are kind of where that all gen- gen- generates from. But OG is just uh, something else, man. He's an absolute, he's probably going to miss like all defense this year because of the number of games he's missed. Although all defense tends to maybe punish guys a little bit less for missing games than, say, MVP would or anything like that. So maybe we still see him get on there. He should be on there. He's one of the best 10 defenders in basketball. He's probably one of the five best defenders in basketball at this point. And I am thrilled to watch the rest of this season for OG Ananobi for so, so many reasons. Um, Should quickly note on Gary Trent, looked, you know, pretty comfortable out of the gate, pretty basic stuff for him in this one, you know, not being asked to do a ton on offense. He had one nice little pick and roll he ran with Pascal that led to a three for OG, I believe, uh, or Fred, and that was a pretty nice little quick improvised, you know, secondary creator type thing that I don't think really was advertised as being a Gary Trent thing, but... You know, I think if the Raptors want to embolden him to do that stuff, that's also a pretty good strategy considering development needs to be top of mind for the close, for the rest of the season. And he's a guy that you're probably getting set to invest in. So why not see what he can do? And, you know, maybe he like inflates his value by becoming this sort of revolutionary. Wow. OK, this guy, he, he's maybe got the, some juice with the ball in his hands. And maybe you kind of backfire on yourself a little bit there, but I don't think it'll be that bad. And uh, all power to him if he can prove himself worthy of a bigger contract because he's got an exciting sort of potential when it comes to having the ball in his hands and doing some secondary creation. So glad we could see that. 
you know, pretty off night for him three-point wise. I don't think that's going to continue. He's a good three-point shooter. That's been his story throughout his career. Not too worried there. Um, and I would think they'll probably start to create some more designed looks for him to get threes as well. I would imagine he'll probably get the spot where he's the beneficiary of the hammer action they run so well. You know, Fred was in that spot last night in place of Norm. I would imagine Trent will eventually be there, standing in the corner, waiting for those wide-open looks uh, once, uh, you know, Fred or, or Kyle's driving baseline. That'll be beautiful. I think we'll see some stuff off pin downs and whatnot. He's a good shooter. They can definitely work that into the attack, and I, I don't think it'll be immediate because that stuff takes time for him to learn, and that'll also go for the defense and he'll make some mistakes here and there although he looked pretty capable last night some really nice defensive flashes from him which I think you expect um overall pretty decent if uh you know sort of inefficient four of 11 from Gary Trent to start in his first Raptors game uh and I like the little mid-range game he's got if you can couple that with the three-point shooting you know he has then you know that's a nice little player he's already proven he's got that in conjunction with three-point shooting so we know he's a nice little player um so I, I wouldn't be alarmed or anything by him having a rough three-point shooting night this first time out it was jitters it seemed it was just sort of a little bit of uncomfortability he'll get that back I'm sure and uh he already is fitting in quite well to Toronto seems like a pretty awesome guy and I look forward to watching him more throughout the rest of the season and frankly, I look forward to watching the rest of the season. Last night really kind of reinvigorated me a little bit. Not having the ball of lead in your stomach thinking about Kyle Lowry getting traded. Turns out that does wonders for your ability to enjoy things. And I guess winning or playing well helps with that too when you're not losing to the Rockets. You know, things feel a lot better. But I think for me, there's a real potential in the rest of this season to be pretty damn fun considering expectations have kind of fallen out of the bottom and now it's sort of a, you know, whatever happens, happens, and it's okay type of feel. You know, they could go on a run here. That'd be super fun if they could climb up to, you know, six, seven, eight, something like that, get into a play-in, give some teams some trouble. That'd be a blast. Or if they continue to try to iron things out, maybe they focus more on development, get Malachi Flynn more run, get OG more touches, and they kind of take some growing pains and lumps along the way, then you get a high draft pick and run it back next season with a team that should be pretty good and has a lot of options in the offseason. So I've kind of got back into my Hakuna Matata mindset. It's not like it was during the championship defense season or anything like that. There's clearly stuff that needs to be worked out and uncertainty when it comes to the roster and all that. But in terms of the dudes they have in-house and the games they'll be playing from here on out to the end of the season, I'm ready to enjoy them again and not feel like every loss is a gut punch and a increase in likelihood that Kyle Lowry is going to be out the door because he's still around. He's still around hitting crazy, uh, like egregious threes in people's face when he probably shouldn't be putting them up, but who cares? Cause he's Kyle Lowry and he can damn well do it. You know, you've seen, you saw him take some charges last night and all that stuff, all the beautiful Kyle Lowry stuff, you know, and love. It's great to have that still in the mix with a team that seems to be maybe prioritizing some development here. And there's nothing wrong with that because that means lots of OG and OG freaking rules. Okay. That's it for me off the top. I think that's a pretty good summation of the Suns game. You know, tough loss, but some feel-good moments in there for sure. Uh, we'll obviously break down the Blazers game on Monday as Norm Powell makes his return to Tampa, whatever. <laughs> and we see 
that matchup. That'll be a ton of fun on Sunday. We'll break that down Monday. Uh, but now let's get to, speaking of Norman Powell, the chat with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers as we dove into the Norm Powell for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood trade and uh, have a lot of fun with it. It was a really good chat. It was, uh, you know, giving some love on Norm, giving some luck, receiving some love and some nice words about Gary Trent from Mike. It was a really fun chat. Hope you enjoy it as a sort of capper on Norm Powell Trade Week. And uh, hopefully this beautiful friendship between Raptors and Blazers fans continues as well and is not ruined by some sort of uh, unfortunate circumstance on Sunday night as well. Uh, but let's get to that nice Blazers-Raptors copacetic relationship with our friend Mike Richmond coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. You've also got baseball starting up next week, which is very exciting. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's get to it. Myself, Mike Richmond, Norm, Gary Trent, Rodney Hood. Enjoy. What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by none other than the host of Locked On Raptors, Norm Powell enthusiast and expert, Sean Woodley. Sean, how you doing? I'm good, Mike. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. It's Friday afternoon and Damian Lillard is taking a night off to rest. It's the thing Blazer fans have been asking for for years. And it's finally, <laughs> finally happening. More yeah. importantly, though, uh, Norman Powell will be in the building. Whether he'll be in a uniform remains to be seen, but he's going to be in the building uh, traveling all the way from Tampa to Orlando. And uh, <laughs> it's it's unclear whether he's going to make his debut. He's listed as questionable. Uh, I'm sure there's some testing and some physicals and some just sort of trade log- or logistics to be worked out. But he'll be there. Like the understanding is he'll be there. Just we don't know if he's going to make his debut. So it's he very well may make his debut against those very Raptors, which will be quite something. But you are someone who's watched Norm up close for every second of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? let's just start on offense. What, what does he bring and what has, you know, he's had back-to-back career years. What does he bring to the Blazers um, in sort of the growth he's shown over the last couple seasons? The man is a bucket. <laughs> that is the Norm Powell thing, right? Like he, you know, I think for the first part of his career, 
there was never really any consistency to his role. He would oscillate back and forth between reserve starter, key part of the bench, sort of outskirts bench guy. And it's only been in the last couple of years that it, that's not necessarily his role has been defined because he's gone back and forth between starting and being in the bench, but his role when he's on the floor is now basically all always the same. And it's, you know, he's the third, fourth option when things swing to him, whether out of a double team or just, you know, a pass from the post and it swings around the horn. He's just so freaking good at attacking a closeout because his first step is, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say one of like the five best in the NBA. Like he's extremely explosive. He's got long strides for a guy who's only like six foot four and he can get to the basket in the blink of an eye. And what happened to really sort of, I guess, solidify him as this really efficient scorer is he learned how to finish at the basket. He was a pretty one trick pony for the first part of his career. He would drive, he would try to finish left and he would either finish or brick it off the top of the backboard <laughs> and right into the waiting arms of a, def- of a defensive player. And now he's just got this whole package of moves around the basket where he's got these little floaters. He's got the reverse finishes. He's just so composed. He'll like look for contact and use contact to finish and get to the free throw line as well. He's just really, really refined around there. And then you factor in the fact that I think this is now three years running. He's been a 40% plus three-point shooter. I think he's at like 43% this season. He's he's killing it. He's he's, he's nuts. And where he really shines in the three-point department is in transition. I mean, he'll run out to the corners as fast as he can. And, you know, there'll be, you know, Pascal Siakam, for example, like a huge part of the Raptors transition game is Siakam grabbing and going and taking a board himself and going the other way. And, basically like clockwork norm's waiting there in the right corner and it feels like it's never going to miss and that is the beauty he's just a pure scorer at this point he's a three-level scorer he can pull up he can hit mid-rangers uh i I feel like he never misses mid-rangers either when he ever whenever he has to step in from the three-point line because he's been run off of it he's just a really dynamic scorer the rest of his game you know there's some left to be desired but you know, you're getting one of the most efficient high volume scores in the NBA, quite literally this season. He's like in the Zach Levine tier of efficiency, which is really ridiculous because Zach Levine's been out of this world. Good. Yeah. Like a a surefire all-star. And then there's Norm right next to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's obviously where you see the difference, right? You know, Norm, not much of a playmaker, pretty spacey defender at times, but in terms of a guy who can come in and, you know, I think be a third guy who can run some bench units for you uh, out in portland it's a pretty nice little pickup for the blazers whatever they're going to do with him in the future i don't know but uh as like let's say i made this joke yesterday on lockdown raptors as far as deadline deals for two guards who went to ucla i think norm powell will offer more than aaron aflalo did (laughs) yeah i mean that's (laughs) that's the concern right is the last time they made a deal um that was like you know universally lauded or whatever at the deadline trading away a good young wing will barton for an established vet aaron aflalo it it super flopped um obviously you know it's not it's not all the same but uh certainly there are some there's some correlation there uh one thing i like about norm's game um is that he wears a lot of gear. I like that he wears an undershirt <laughs> and tights. That's one of my favorite things about his game. But it's, He's also got his own personal brand, which is well, a big yeah, departure. The, the Raptors are a team who have all personal brands, and it's a real departure. I'm assuming uh, GTJ or some sort of uh, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, clothing line is coming out. Yeah, it has to, right? I yeah. assume <laughs> that when you get there, part of the onboarding is like, and here is our logo person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, here's they've one of the, Nick Nurse's hats. Yeah, here's, here's an <laughs> NN hat and a spicy piece sweatshirt mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You don't get um, free Fred Van Vliet stuff though. You have to pay for the uh, yeah, well, Fred, bet on know, yourself stuff, obviously. Bet on yourself. And that includes <laughs> charging your teammates. Yeah. No uh, discount codes. Uh, like you said, Norm Norm scores at a couple different levels. Like he, um, I believe he's the only player in the league averaging, or one of, excuse me, one of four players in the league averaging five points per game on drives and five points per game on spot ups. Like the dude mm-hmm. is um, can score at a bunch of, he can score in a bunch of different ways, and I think that helps. And I think the other thing that helps, and you alluded to this too, is that he's he's used to being a a guy who can get a bucket, but in a complementary role. You don't yeah. have to say, hey, Norm, this is you. This is your six minutes. You know, it's not Lou Williams where you say like, hey, here's your six minutes to run the show. We'll get the hell out of the way. Like he 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 scores as as the other guy or as the, even the third and the fourth guy. And I think I think his ability to kind of slide into a very similar role next to Damon CJ is is going to be valuable. Is that I mean, he he didn't get he runs offense, but it wasn't like he didn't get big chunks of sort of like you go do it yourself unless they were injured. Right. Yeah. The only time we really saw him kind of be like the number one was when uh, half the team was out with the plague this past right. month and right. he was excellent. I mean, his efficiency was through the roof yeah. and they get a 40 point game in there somewhere. He was ridiculous. And yeah, he fits really nicely next to two ball dominant guards. <laughs> it's a really nice fit. It's basically, you know, Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, kind of a similar corollary to Lillard and McCollum. I, I think the defense might be more of a concern because, you know, Fred yeah. and Kyle could kind of cover for Norm a little bit more than I think Damon CJ will. But as far as being an excellent guy to pair with those guys, especially considering how often those two see extra attention in the postseason and, you know, they're seeing traps at the top of the pick and roll. If you have a big who can find a Norm Powell who's cutting from the baseline or find him in the corner for a three and a four on three, I mean, Powell is just deadly in picking those apart. You know, he won basically the Raptors a playoff series like this back in 2017 when they were taking on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and they were down 2-1 I believe in the series things were going a little bit hairy they put Norm into the starting five they go small and the four on threes were just money for Norm because they would send two guys to DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry you know Jonas Valanciunas would get the ball in the short roll and then he would just pick out Norm and Norm just eviscerated the Bucks and that's just kind of where he's at his best. He's, he's just a really, really good complimentary scorer who, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to put up 20 a game, but if the circumstances for the top players on your team call for it, then he absolutely is able and capable and eager to do that. The the short roll thing for the Blazers is kind of an issue that I'm not sure that they, (laughs) I'm not sure that they've solved yet. In theory, use of Nurkic helps. He's going to return tonight, uh, his first game back and after missing 10 weeks, but I don't know. Like, I mean, that it's the the math has been trapped, Dame, and I bet the other guys can't beat you. Uh, I think Norm. Ad, I think Norm adds a dynamic in terms of a downhill juice, and like you said, like someone who knows how to read those those mismatches really well out of when you're playing four on three. But someone has to make the pass. So um, that, that's a, that's a uh, sort of a part of the equation that the Blazers will have to figure out with Robert Covington, Carmelo Anthony and Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Cantor. And boy, is that a tough list of uh, adults Secondary who playmakers. Yeah, ad- adults who can pass. That's a tough list. Yeah. I guess it's I, Robert I Covington. But that's oof. the thing too, is I wouldn't expect much from Norman, the way of playmaking. And you won't have to do much with CJ and Dame there, but Like Norm's classic thing is he'll score like 40 points and have zero assists and zero rebounds. And it's cool as hell. I think he actually did exactly that and became the second player uh, after Carmelo Anthony to have a 40 with zero assists game. Uh, It was pretty rad. (laughs) And that's kind of the Norm Powell special. And look, 
there will be nights where you get bad norm and you know he's not scoring his shot is off and he doesn't do a ton elsewhere to provide value but bad norm has become far more scarce than good norm these days it's sure. pretty consistent you're going to get good norm and you know the scoring is really valuable it was super valuable for the raptors considering they're a team that is prone to half court struggles and norm can kind of break open a possession for them uh, it'll be less of a i think necessity for the blazers but he uh he he has no problem uh scoring and maybe not ever looking to pass once. Uh, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, but I think I you I, know as a play finisher, that, that that's kind of what you need around Dame and CJ if they're seeing that extra attention, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I text you after the trade is like I like Norman Powell. His confidence is life affirming. Um, <laughs> but his confidence is uh maybe it's it is a, never wanes. I will say it rarely rarely wanes. That's yeah. not something you have to worry about with him. Um, you alluded to it, and I think the big question for Norm, and I want to talk about this next, is is the defense. Like, yeah. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are good defensive players. Damian Lord yes. and CJ McCollum are not. That's not mm-hmm. what they are. Can Norm play next to those two defensively? I mean... The offense will be basically unstoppable. So maybe you just do the Nets thing where it's like, yeah, we're giving up a lot in our wing defense, but look at how many points we're scoring. Yeah. Kevin Durant is seven feet tall, though, is what this is true out there. This is very true. I I think, yeah, that's a really interesting one because I know the the Blazers have like Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, who they've been starting. And obviously those guys offer defense that kind of insulates the main guys a little bit. And I guess with Cantor having to play in the center, it's not exactly how defense come from that position either. Like I wouldn't build expectation of Norm being some sort of shutdown guy. And it might be that he's better served in bench lineups with one of those guys or something right. like that. Um, but like, I would see what you could do with him to start and, and, you know, put him at the three, you know, he can guard, you know, one through three, whether it's capably, it kind of varies, but if you put him at the three and you have, you know, Covington at the four, maybe you go small with Jones Jr. at the five or something like that. That can be a reasonable defense. Like Norm is not, he's not Lou Williams. Like he's not just like giving up turnstile defense all the time. His real issues are off ball and just kind of losing track and getting out of position with rotations and stuff. And it was sort of the one limiting factor for the Raptors defense when, you know, they would go small, they would play their patented fly around like maniacs defense you know, Norm sometimes would be the weak link in that chain. Sure. And then that would be exposed. But he's pretty good on ball. He's decent at fighting through screens. Although, you know, if there is a concern injury-wise with Norm, it's that it's he's had some shoulder stuff in his past, and all of it is usually him getting caught up on a screen. So <laughs> I guess to take that for what it's worth, you know, on ball, he can be just fine guarding a point guard or whatever it might be. Like, better than Damon CJ, I would say. But he's not you're not getting him for his defense. Let's put it that way. You're getting him because he's a, a super efficient scorer. And that's why, you know, I'm not sure how you feel about the deal. You know, and I'd like to talk to you about Trenton and hood a little bit. Yeah, please, please. But you know, I, I'm not sure if you thought it was a good deal. I thought it was a bit of a curious one just because Trent seems to fit that wing defense need that norm doesn't really, but maybe they valued the scoring more and that third creator next to those main two guys more, which is totally fine. I mean, there's the contract situations to figure out too, but you know, that that's certainly the, if you're skeptical about the deal, you're skeptical because the defense is not necessarily where you'd want it to be. Right. And part of the equation with the Blazers before we'll move on to the other half of the trade in a second, but part of the equation with the Blazers is it's hard to give a dude a whole bunch of money. If he isn't Mm -hmm. a good fit next to Damon CJ, right? Like, 
if he doesn't answer the equation of can we be a competent defensive team, and they certainly haven't been that this year by any means, but if, but if, if Norm isn't even an answer to that question or a possible answer to that question, it's hard to give him $80 million this summer. And then, and then that makes the trade. It's like, you know, then that brings more questions into the trade. Like why was this rental worth it? Um, All those things. Right. Like, so to me, the big question is like, can you play Norm against, I mean, and this is like a really tough thing, but I think this also is the reality. It's like, can Norm guard Luca? (laughs) You know, like, no, no, he cannot. Right. And so like, (laughs) so then, what do you do? Because you, then you play Derek Jones jr. Like, okay, well you're losing a little bit on offense and then you've sort of sacrificed some, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, the, yeah. the equation is difficult. I think if Norm can't do those things that I don't really see him as that um, he's definitely more athletic. He gets downhill. He gets to the free throw line. He does good stuff on offense, but um, the Blazers questions always going to come back to, can you guard enough to play with our two stars? And I'm not sure that Norm is worth 20 million annually to to figure that out necessarily we're going to finish up with mike richmond of locked on blazers in just a second dive into the raptors return side of the conversation gary trent rodney hood coming up in just a second first i want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who make the best tasting protein bar in the world low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting covered in 100 percent chocolate they are the bees knees if you will now is the time to find out which built bar is the best Right now, Built Bar Madness is going on over at BuiltBar.com. The next matchup is on Monday, as I believe we move in to the semifinals, which is very exciting. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to get your votes in once we see that matchup on Monday. It's not up yet, but you check on the site, and it'll be right there when it's time to vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order as well while you're hanging out on the site. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar in the land. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, that was the question, right? And I think that's the calculus the Raptors made was, you know, and I was on record saying I was totally fine if they wanted to bring back Norm and have him be their fourth guy next to their core three going forward. I thought that would have been totally acceptable, but I get why they would have hangups because his value is so tied up in the scoring. And maybe you can sort of replicate the scoring while also filling in some some on the defensive end, which is, I think, what they got with Gary Trent. And if we can pivot to that, yeah, I yeah. mean... You know, I, I didn't expect that to be the return, honestly, for Norm Powell. I thought they were looking like prospect and pick, something like that. But Trent's like an established player at this point. Yeah, he He's could good. Play. Yeah, could play. and like can slot right in where Norm was playing in the starting five, I would think. And I think we could see that, you know, we're recording this Friday, as early as Friday night when the Raptors play Phoenix. And I think, you know, it just made sense where the Raptors are. And I think, you know, he's going to cost them less than the offseason and all that. I think the trade makes a ton of sense from the Raptors side of things. But for Raptors fans who maybe don't have a great sense of Trent or are only familiar with his dad and the eight games he played for the Raptors, forgettably back in the 90s, um, you know, what should Raptors fans expect? And do you think there is like a chance that 
you know, whether it's not this year, but maybe in the next couple of years, if the Raptors bring him back, which it seems like they're intent on doing, can he be a better than Norm? Can he, you know, offer more in terms of a sort of two-way game than Norm Powell can at this juncture of his career? Yeah, in, in theory, you are no, that he, in theory, Gary Trent Jr. Not even in theory. In practice, Gary Trent Jr. is about the same shooter as Norm is. Like mm-hmm. standstill shooting, uh, one dribble pull-up shooting. Gary Trent Jr. is money. He's been money for. There's a big enough sample size to suggest he's just good at that. That's the thing he's good at. It's undeniable. In in the bubble. Um, he went nuts. He was making like, uh, you know, shooting 55% on, on 10 threes a game. Now that was a, a short two weeks, but it was a wild one and he kept doing it in important games. So I don't want to discredit it totally. Uh, last year, he was a better on ball defender than he has been this season. Uh, he's not a great help side defender, but he's a, he's a, he gets after it on defense. Like he's, he's interested and wants to play. He just, he just was bad at it this year. Mm. Like um, some of the advanced numbers, you know, box score plus minus, and then his Raptor uh, score on 538. Like they suggest that he's not just like not a very good defender, that he's a bad one, like a, ba- right. a bad defensive player this year. Um, I don't think he's that. Like I think, I think maybe he was asked to do things beyond his capabilities and it was, it was, it didn't work out for him or whatever it was. Um, but I think he can be a better defender. I, he doesn't have the juice of getting to the rim and getting downhill and being sort of a second side creator that, that Norm Powell does. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as like a starting two guard that is asked to guard like good players on the ball, I see a future where Gary Trent Jr. is very good at that. And I, I told you this um, after the trade that I think, I think Norman Powell is the best player in this trade. Yep. I think the, the Blazers got the better player in this trade for 2021. Um, but I believe Gary Trent Jr. can be better, easily better basketball player than Norman Powell. And that could happen as soon as next season. Yeah, that's exciting. And I think the defensive thing is interesting because, you know, I'm not surprised that his numbers paint him as not a great defender, considering as we've been talking about the sort of lack of defensive horses that the Blazers are working with. Right. And like Gary Trent is never going to have to guard the best wing on an opposing team. That's OG Ananobi's job or Pascal Siakam's job. He's never going to have to guard the best point guard or ball handler, a small ball handler on the other team because Fred Van Vliet does that. So I feel like he's always going to be kind of insulated and in getting those lesser assignments. And, you know, the, uh, you know, the team defense stuff is important on the Raptors, but the way they play and they're sort of uh, constantly rotating and stepping right. up into the empty space type of defense. And that might take some time for him to get used to. So if you're a Raptors fan and you're like, wow, he doesn't get this at all. I would say, give it some time. It takes everybody some time to learn Nick Nurse's crazy ass defense. And yeah. so, especially because he changes it every fourth possession. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think, you know, there's, it makes sense that Trent could slot in, even if he's not this sort of shut down, amazing wing defender. I think he's definitely better than Norm, just from what I've seen anecdotally, even if the numbers don't paint him necessarily as some sort of world beater. And within the construct of the Raptors, it makes a lot of sense. I think where you're losing it, and you mentioned a little bit there, you know, the Raptors, I think, really valued Norm Powell because he could kind of take the bull by the horns when that offense got a little bit sticky yeah. and find something out of nothing. Gary Trent's not doing that, right? He can create two types of shots. <laughs> like <laughs> he can he can take step back threes off the dribble and he can take sidestep uh, mid-rangers off the dribble. Right. He doesn't get to the rim very well. He he has he's not a good finisher around the rim. He doesn't draw fouls. Like those are things you can learn. Like he's 22, right? Like these are yeah. You know, Norm at 22 was not a very good basketball player. At Norm at 26 was a kick-ass basketball player. So right. if you expect the Raptors to do what they do and kind of um, create great basketball players out of clay, which 
Gary Trent Jr. is a great place to start because he has a lot of obvious NBA skills. Like, I think he's an I think he's a starting shooting guard in the league. Yeah. Um, it's just he needs specific players around him because his half court game is a little bit limited. Right. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited, man. I, I want to ask you before we wrap up here about Rodney Hood. I, I know it's been a rough go for him in Portland with the Achilles, and you know it's just never kind of come together. Is there any chance that he could be like a decent bench wing for the Raptors to close this season, or is the ship kind of sailed on him being a productive NBA player based on what you've seen? You know, before he he hurt his Achilles, he was leading the NBA in three point shooting, like right. just as like a standstill shooter for the first twenty games of the season. Like he was a really nice complimentary part. Um, and this year he was bad. Like I, 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 I like Rodney hood as a human a lot. Like he was one of my favorite guys to cover. He was one of my favorite guys just a BS within the locker room. Like he's a great dude. So um, that's like where I'm personally coming from. I really enjoyed Rodney hood, the man, but um, he's stunk this year. He's not a good basketball yeah. player. Um they asked him to be like a secondary. They asked him basically to play a little backup point guard because they don't. They, when CJ was out, uh, Anthony Simons wasn't able to do that. And and Hood wasn't. He wasn't totally out of his depth there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very good at it, but he wasn't totally out of his depth. I think in a really limited role, and if you are patient with him to get healthy, then I think he could be uh, an okay bench guy. I just. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen this season because he just might need more time to get his his um, just sort of to get back to what he was health wise. And considering his money for next year, I can't imagine that he's a Raptor next season. I, I imagine they'll decline his player option and he'll have to um, catch, stick somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's nice, very low risk with some potential upside guy to have to take a look at for 28 games, especially considering. You know, yes, he's got the non-guaranteed deal for ten plus million next year, but there's always the potential that you could just flip him before some other team declines the option to salary matching at the draft or something like that too. Which um, the Raptors, you know, haven't had a ton of those contracts to just kind of use as salary matching ballast. And yeah, there's that with Hood too, even if it, it does result in some team letting him go. But you know, if he becomes a nice little player for you and he has a nice little showing here. You know, I don't know if they'd be happy paying him 10 million bucks next year. That's probably a far cry. I don't know if he can recoup his value that much in 28 games, but certainly worse guys to get a look at. And considering they've been playing Patrick McCaw and Stanley Johnson and Yuta Watanabe a ton of minutes this year, uh, I I don't see why Rodney Hood can't figure into that bench uh, conversation, especially because the bench has been so bereft of any sort of offensive talent. Uh, You know, again, Hood in his diminished state, maybe you're not, you don't want to set your expectations too high, but the expectations have been sky low all season long <laughs> yeah. for the Raptors bench. And, uh, you know, it's an extra guy. It's an extra just body that the Raptors have been desperately needing all season long because they yeah. just don't have anybody. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's six foot nine. Like he's, he's the Blazers have asked him to go play some like weird, you know, they put him on Brandon Ingram, you know, yeah. you know, in the fourth quarter of a game last week, like he's, he has some utility. Uh, I don't, I, I can't imagine him fitting well in Nick nurse's really aggressive defensive yeah. Um, a, you know, defensive scheme, but he, he's a, he's a vet who knows how to play. Like he can, he, he could conceivably help even if it's, if the, if the chances of that are pretty low. Sounds good to me, man. Do we have anything else we got to cover on this deal? I feel like we've um, done a pretty good justice. Yeah, I feel like we, I feel like we did great. Do you, um, do you know the, do you know who Gary Trent Jr. was traded for? Of course. 
or Gary Trent Sr. was traded for. Yeah, it was the Damon deal, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Blazer fans realize that what what Gary Trent Sr. had wrought was was <laughs> was you know a decade of competent point guarding that then the Blazers got lost in the wilderness until Damian Lillard showed up. So um, the last time they the Blazers traded a Gary Trent, it was pretty fruitful for the franchise. I just want to point that out. Yeah, I, I do. I've done a podcast about this before, like the strange interwoven history of the Raptors and Blazers and like trades and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Damon thing obviously is right up there. Alvin Williams came back in that deal. He yep. became a little little sort of cult hero for a little while. I, uh, I look forward to this trade potentially adding to that lore further. Yeah. Well, thank you um, for hopping on and sharing your Norman Powell wisdom with us, Sean. I really appreciate it. Yeah, take care of him, man. He's uh, he's a really, really good dude. His dogs are quite good. Shouts to Apollo and Odin. Um, you know, he's uh, you're gonna like Norm Powell quite a bit. Yeah, I have a feeling he'll be a fan favorite immediately, just because a that's how Blazer fans do it, and b there's a lot to like about him. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.